today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The purpose of God is this, verse 29, to conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Did you know that was the terms of service? The fine print? Do you know what that means to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ? Well, here's what it means. It means that the purpose of that which you are going through is to make you more like Jesus. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Every day, people struggle with self-identity. We all want to be unique and understood. But today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that it's really not about self-identity at all. It's about finding our identity in Jesus. Our goal as believers, is to become less like ourselves and more like our perfect and holy Father in heaven. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We are in the book of Hebrews, amazing book of Hebrews. Today, Lord willing, we're going to actually do and complete chapter 2. So beginning in verse 1, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For since The message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment. How, verse 3, shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking, but verse 6, there is a place where someone has testified, he's quoting the Psalms, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory 
and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both, verse 11, the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. I will sing your praises. And again, verse 13, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children, verse 14, have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered, verse 18, when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So, I want to talk with you today about why it is that we as Christians so easily, and perhaps more importantly, unnecessarily backslide. <laughs> what, you don't want to talk about that? <laughs> I mean, just by virtue of the fact that you're here is a pretty good indication that you're not backslidden. So this is for somebody else, I guess. Well, that's not actually what the chapter is about. It's not really about those who are backslidden, though certainly this can be a word fitly spoken for those who are. But this is chiefly for us as a much needed reminder, really a warning, you might say as to just how easy it is to drift away from the Lord, becoming lukewarm towards the Lord, to the point of not walking close to the Lord. It comes easy, doesn't it? I mean, we don't need any help. This is again what this chapter in Hebrews is all about. 
And I was able to find three reasons as to why this happens. You might find more, but three reasons as to why it is that backsliding can happen so quickly and come so easily. And the first one is that we devalue the gift of the Lord. In verses 1 through 4, the writer of Hebrews emphasizes the paramount importance of paying careful attention to God's Word so as to not drift away. Take heed to the Word of God. Because if you do not take heed, pay careful attention to the Word of God, this is what will always ensue. Namely, backsliding, drifting, cooling towards the Lord and the things of the Lord. It's interesting because he then explains it this way. He says, if those breaking the law spoken through angels did not escape the consequences or punishment, he asks rhetorically, how will we escape them if we ignore so great a salvation. Now why would he say that that way? I believe it has to do with the word ignore in the original language of the Greek New Testament. It carries with it this idea of neglecting, making light of something, ignoring it, And here's what's even more interesting. It's the same word that Jesus uses in Matthew 22. Let me read verses 1 through 5. Listen to this. This is a parable I'm sure you're familiar with. Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son, and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and All things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways. One to his own farm, another to his business. Herein lies the answer as to why backsliding can happen so easily, even so effortlessly, such that we make light of it and we neglect it. Why do we neglect it? Would you agree that we neglect that which we do not value? I mean, truly, if we 
valued it, we would certainly not neglect it, right? If so great a salvation truly had such great value, we would appreciate it, and we would prioritize it. By way of an illustration, all that's needed for a fire that once burns so bright and so hot to go out is just neglected, and it'll go out. Don't stoke it. Walk away from it, and it will go out. And that's exactly what happens to us. I wonder if we were really mindful, as mindful of the Lord and so great a salvation as the Lord is mindful of us, Did you know the Lord is mindful of us? What is man? That's Psalm 8, by the way. We're told that He's so mindful of us that you cannot even calculate, you cannot put a number on the number of times that He thinks about us. That's how mindful He is of us. That's too high for my understanding. We say it like this, I can't wrap my mind around that. Well, God can. (laughs) Who knows the mind of the Lord? He is so mindful of us. And would to God that we would even be in a smaller measure as mindful of Him and that which He's done for us as He is mindful of us. Think of it like this. You're saved. If you're born again of the Spirit of God, you're saved. And and here's the thing, when, when you called upon the name of the Lord, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, putting your trust in Him for the forgiveness of sin, and you were born again, do you believe and realize that your eternal life started then? For me, that was 38 years ago. I know I don't look 38, but <laughs> that's, that was my new birthday, my spiritual rebirth day. And that was the first day of my new life, my eternal life in Him. You know what that means? That means that if I am, and I truly believe I will be, amongst the we who were alive and remain, when the trumpet sounds, and the dead in Christ rise first, and as Paul says it, we who are alive and remain will be caught up, raptured up, to meet the Lord in the air, and forever be with the Lord. This is not pie in the sky, no pun intended. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. And oh, how about all of those loved ones that went before us? They're going to get their new glorified bodies first. They get to rise first. And then we get to go meet them in the air too. 
Now, the reason I go into all of that is because wouldn't it stand to reason that if we really grasped that and valued that so great a salvation, would it stand to reason that it would have an impact on the way we live our lives? I remember a time not long ago when I was just kind of going through a really difficult time, and I know you don't do this, you know, you're more spiritual than I am, but I'm kicking, fighting, biting, scratching, screaming, you know, Lord! (laughs) And the Holy Spirit, just as only He can, is always so faithful too, and that still small voice asks me the question of, are you saved? What kind of a question? Of course I am. To which the response came, act like it. You're not acting like you're saved. You're saved. Why are you freaking out? Well, this, is, this isn't good. Wait, you're saved, right? Yeah, we have an inheritance that awaits us. I mean, we're, we're kind of uh, privileged, I guess you might say. I don't want to use the E word. You know that word. I don't want to use it. Okay, I just did. Entitled. <laughs> but no, we are in the sense that being heirs of so great a salvation entitles us to certain things here and now. Like promises that we have that are ours, like the all too familiar, maybe too familiar promise in Romans 8.28. Just indulge me and think this through with me. Think about this one promise in Romans 8.28. For we know, not wish, hope, believe, no, know, that all things, not most, not some, not the majority, all things, work together for the good. They do? Yeah. For me, not so fast. What do you mean? Oh, that is only for those who are entitled. You're entitled? Yes, I am. You better believe it. Because it's only for those who have been called according to God's purpose and those that love God. That's who that promise is for. Can we talk just a moment about this purpose that we're called to, or entitled to? Well, it's actually in the next verse. It's kind of the fine print. You know how it is when you download an app or subscribe, and then you have to read the terms of service? All 1,572 pages of them. Come on, you do what I do, right? Agree? 
Do you know what you just agreed to? You don't want to know. It's not good. So this is a conditional promise, and there are terms. Because see, if you're one who is called according to God's purpose, the purpose of God is this, verse 29, to conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Did you know that was the terms of service? The fine print? Do you know what that means to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ? Well, here's what it means. It means that the purpose of that which you are going through is to make you more like Jesus. Now if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, that is a tall order to make me more like Jesus. we got a lot of work to do. It's going to take some time. Well, I know. We better get busy. Because see, what he does is like the potter with the clay, is he takes that clay and he begins the process of shaping it and making it into this beautiful work, craftsmanship. He who is faithful that began that work is faithful to complete it. We are His workmanship. Interesting word in the original. It's where we get the English word for poem, poema, work of art. We're His work of art. But He's got a lot of work to do to make this a work of art, (laughs) because He wants to make us like Jesus, conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. So the potter takes the clay And he begins that process of shaping it and taking all of the things out of it and then placing it on the potter's wheel and then spinning it around at a jillion miles per hour, which sounds like my week last week and probably yours too. And then he takes his hand when the clay is on that wheel and he jabs it in to begin the shaping. And then finally, not a moment too soon, that wheel stops. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Oh, we're not done yet. He takes you off that wheel and He sticks you in the kiln, appropriately named, (laughs) the furnace. And it's so hot in there, but it needs to be. Because as Isaiah says, He chooses the furnace of affliction to refine us. I wish that were not so. I wish that instead of the furnace of affliction to refine me, that He would refine me on the beaches of Oahu. (laughs) Refine me, Lord. (laughs) doesn't work that way. No, it's the furnace of affliction. And then once that process is done, He takes that work out of the furnace. And then he begins the finishing work, the finishing touches, colors, magnificent. 
And then when he's all done, do you know what he does? Puts his name on it. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Holy, me, truth.